Well, here we are kicking off a brand new year and kicking off this brand new series called Building Your Foundation. Um, And we're going to be talking about five things that we believe are instrumental when it comes to building your faith foundation. And so we're going to go over this over the next five weeks. And I want to give you all five up front so you know where we're going in this series. So you kind of understand how each builds upon itself. And uh, here are the five things we're going to talk about. And the first one is practical teaching. We believe that practical teaching is so important when it comes to building your faith foundation. Uh, The second thing is private disciplines. Third is providential relationships, so important. Number four is personal ministry. And number five is pivotal circumstances, pivotal circumstances. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to be diving in on these subjects and talking about how our faith foundation can be built through that. And so right inside of your bulletin should be some message notes. I'm going to have you grab those out, do some fill in the blanks if everyone can do that, and then you can take that with you today. We want to say welcome to those of you watching in the parent viewing room as well. Great place to go if you have little ones that get fussy during the service. We just kindly ask you to take them out the back door, and an usher can help you find that room where you can watch the service live with us. Well, here's a great question as we kick this whole thing off, and it's this. What if you had perfect faith in God? Wouldn't that be nice, right? Wouldn't that be simple uh, if we could all just achieve that? Um, But what if your faith was stronger than it currently is? How about that? Is that a little easier question? Uh, Faith that there was a God, a God that knows your name, that knows you personally, that wants to be involved in your life, the kind of faith that eases and erases your fears, gives you confidence, uh, faith that overcomes temptation, or no matter what you face, you know that God is with you. Uh, You have his peace because you trust in him. I mean, imagine being a high schooler. If you're a teenager in this room, I'm telling you what, teenagers, this series, college students, this series is so important because if you can get some of these things down now, it's going to save you years and years of maybe hurt or regret later on in life. And for those of us that have been around the block, high school or college, and we've grown up a little bit, and I was just talking to someone before service, and they said, you know, it seems like time goes on, but that doesn't mean we're all getting older, does it? (laughs) We're certainly not getting older, are we? Yes, we are. Uh, But here's one thing when it comes to faith, and it's your first filling in your notes, that the bigger your faith in God is, the more you will trust him and the more secure your life will become. This is a basic truth about us growing in our faith in God. The bigger your faith is in God, the more you will trust him and the more secure your life will become. And so we believe that these five things are benchmarks when it comes to every person's spiritual growth. And God may use other things as well, and he certainly does, but we believe that if we can focus our prayers and our attention on these five things, that we can take huge steps in our faith, especially in our relationship with God. So I want to encourage you to commit to this whole series as we walk through these things together. Now, I don't know your story. I don't know your faith story. But if I were to guess, your faith story probably included something like this, that someone introduced me to God, someone told me about God, Or someone brought me to church. Someone brought me to a small group. Someone brought me to a Bible study. And there was somebody there that was talking. And they were up front or they were giving a message. And they were talking about how our lives could change. And they said it in such a practical way that when they were done, it moved me to action. It brought about change in my life. It caused me to take a step towards God. 
And uh, we've seen this again and again in people's lives. And in fact, even in my own life, there's been critical times where I've heard a message, when I've heard someone talking, and it absolutely impacted my life and changed the direction of my life. And so we know without a doubt that one of the things that God uses to build our foundation is practical teaching. Practical teaching. Now the problem is, is that in many churches, there's this contentment to just kind of cover the issues. Uh, But when Jesus taught, it was different. And here's how that difference looked. Here it is, your next fill in your notes. Jesus taught with application at the core, not just head knowledge. Jesus taught with application at the core, not just head knowledge. This is so important to understand that this is how Jesus taught. He didn't just teach to fill our head with knowledge. No, no, no. He taught in such a way that would move people to action. And in a moment, we're going to read out of Matthew chapter 7. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with us. Otherwise, you can follow it along on the screen. But before I read this passage of Scripture, it's important to know that Jesus just got done with the Sermon on the Mount, maybe one of his most famous uh, sermons ever recorded. And it was in this teaching that Jesus gave this kind of to-do list. He was saying, listen, if you had perfect faith in God, this is then how you would act. And some of you know this, some of you may not, but it was things like, hey, if someone asks you to go a mile, you go an extra mile. Uh, If someone offends you, you forgive them. Uh, When you see someone in need, you help them. Uh, That as a follower of Jesus, we don't hide our faith, but we should live out our faith boldly. And so why was Jesus teaching like this? Uh, Because he knew that knowledge by itself doesn't do any good. That there has to be application. Lots and lots of application. And so after Jesus said all of these important things in the Sermon on the Mount, he said this. And kind of put a bow on it this way. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, we pick it up. He said, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into, what's that word? What's that word? Yeah, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or woman who builds their house on the rock. He was saying, listen, if you want to see your life become secure, if you want to see change in your life, you actually have to do something with what I'm telling you. Now, maybe you went to church Growing up, I don't know what that was like uh, for you. You know, my dad grew up in a Christian home, uh, but it was more evangelical home. My mom grew up in a Christian home, but she grew up in a Lutheran home. Uh, Some of you might have been raised Catholic. Maybe some of you didn't go to church at all. Uh, Or maybe you had this routine, and maybe you were confirmed in seventh or eighth grade. Uh, Maybe you went through that confirmation, or maybe you've gone to confession or went to mass or whatever it looks like. Uh, There's many, many people that think, well, listen, if if, if I just show up, that's all that God is requiring of me. If I just show up, right, if I, if I punch my card and say, God, I was here, maybe that's all that God needs from me. The truth is, is that it's never been about warming a chair. That's never been, what, that's never been the heart of what Jesus has called us into. Because the truth is, your next fill-in, you can hear all the talks Jesus gave But if you don't apply any of it, it doesn't matter. 
you can hear all the talks Jesus gave. In fact, if, if we could transport you through time, we could put you in a time machine and you could go back and you could sit under the teaching of Jesus, sit on the rocks where he sat and under the trees where he taught and you could take it all in and think to yourself, wow, isn't this wonderful? But if we don't apply any of it, it would not matter. And there's others of us in this room that when you said, yeah, my, my story started by, I heard something, I heard that message, and for the first time I understood what God was trying to tell me and what he wanted me to do, and I went out and I did it. And maybe you'd say, I never knew that I could apply scripture to my life in this way. And because I've done that, suddenly it seems like God has come alive in my life. It seems like these words on a page have come to life and they mean something to me. And that's how it's intended to be. You see, it's when my obedience and your obedience, which literally means, God, I believe in you and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to do what you say. When our obedience intersects with God's faithfulness, God honors our obedience and life change begins. <clears throat> it's an act of faith, not just because other people do it, not just because I want a better life, I'm doing it, God, because I trust in you that your way is the best way for my life. And suddenly, you will find God in a way that you never have before. But it doesn't happen until someone helps you understand the scriptures through practical teaching. Um, it's kind of like, you know, 2020, here's the new year, and I'm driving by Lifetime, and Lifetime is packed now because everybody's got their resolution that we're going to get in shape and we're going to lose some weight, right? But it's this difference, too, between knowing nutrition and applying nutrition, right? How many of you would say, we know quite a bit about nutrition? How many of us are not so good at applying the nutrition, right, as you finished off your donut and your crumbs from the foyer? That's fine. <laughs> but you can believe in exercise. You can meet with a trainer. You can, you can hang out in the gym with a fancy bag with clothes and shoes to match inside. You can even own a weight set. Right, that eventually collects dust and laundry and all of those things. Uh, you too, okay, maybe just me. Uh, you know, people could walk into your house and they could say, oh my goodness, look at it, you know so much about nutrition and you know so much about exercise. And there you are, you know, drinking your milkshake saying, yep, I know a lot about nutrition, but it hasn't done anything for me, right? Why? Because there hasn't been any application. I had a friend whose dad uh, was, was out of shape, and the wife finally convinced him and said, listen, you've got to start going to the gym. We're going to get you a membership. Will you commit to this? Yes, I will. And for several months, he went to the gym, and she wasn't seeing any results. And, and you know, she's just kind of confused by this and what's happening. And so finally, he confessed that he had been going to the gym and sitting on the bench for an hour and then driving home <laughs> so that he could tell his wife, yes, I went to the gym. Sounds like a pretty good idea. Sorry if I blew your cover, right? Some of you maybe have been doing that. But it's all about this application. That's why Jesus says, listen, if you want to see any growth in the foundation of your faith, you must not only hear practical teaching, but you must apply that practical teaching as well. And that's why small groups are so important as we gather together, right, to learn together, to grow together. It's why Sunday mornings are so important. In fact, we call this our worship and learning environment. It's what it is. And on our end, we try our very best to present the Bible in such a way 
that it's simple enough for you to take one step closer to God. One step on your journey. Here's what God's saying, and here's the step that we can take. Here's how we can apply it to our life. Something that we can really grab a hold of. And maybe one thing may not seem like a lot, but imagine if you began to apply 20 things a year, 30 things a year, 50 things a year. Imagine how different your life can be a year from now as we apply the truths of God's word into our life. But it's important to hear this, and I have to say it. Here's your next fill-in. That being a consistent church attender does you no good unless there's obedience to what God is putting on your heart to do. I hate to burst the bubble, but church attendance really means nothing unless we're willing to be obedient. Say, God, I believe you're speaking to my heart, and now I'm going to change this in my life. See, the problem for some of us is that we've been around church a long time. Right? Isn't that true? That you know all the scriptures, that you could finish some of the sentences, that you could fill in half the fill-ins, right? You know it. But the truth is, there's some of us that have forgotten how to apply. We become so good at going through the motions because Sundays is what we do, or going to small group is what we do, that we've forgotten the importance of application into our life. Or maybe we don't care, right? Because we think we know all the information, we've heard it a thousand times before, and so we just don't approach church with a heart to apply. And it's so easy to fall into that place. I know I've been there, right? It's so easy just to get into a routine and it's just what we do. Rather than coming in with a tender heart saying, God, would you speak something to me so that I can take a step towards you, so I can become more like you, opening our hearts. And Jesus said this was so important to your faith foundation. And look at how important this is because this is how he continues in verse 25. He continues the story. He says, the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The storm came. And the reason the house didn't fall was not because they knew something. The reason the house did not fall was because they did something. They built their house intentionally on the rock. They built their life upon the rock. They listened and they did something about it. And and that's true of any area in our life. That if you want your finances to be secure, if you want your relationships to be secure, if you want your future to be secure, if you want your marriage to be secure, then we have to do stuff. We have to live this out. We can't just believe it. We have to apply it. We have to be like Nike and just do it, right? That's what we have to do. And so in order, your next feeling, in order for God to show up in real ways in your life, you must trust him enough to obey him. To say, God, I'm going to build my life on you. The firm foundation, it's who you are. And so Jesus says those that do that, their foundation is secure. 
But then the opposite is also true. In verse 26, Jesus continues, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into, what's that word? Who does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Right? I mean, you don't even have to build or be a builder to realize that's a stupid idea. Right? If you wanted to build your dream home, you're not going to go out to some beach and just on the sand alone, you're just going to build this thing. Of course you wouldn't do that. But what Jesus is saying is that everyone who hears, everyone who attends church or mass or attends a conference or reads a book, whoever hears these words of mine through these avenues and even believes them but doesn't put them into action is like a foolish man or woman who builds their house on sand. You know what this means? It means that you can have 100% church attendance and still be a fool. We don't like that very much, do we? Right? We, we like to think that somehow by just showing up that it's enough, but it's not. In fact, you can believe in the Bible 100% and your life can still end up a disaster. Why? Because it all depends on our trust and obedience, our life being built on Jesus. Obedience makes all the difference. Knowledge doesn't make all the difference. Obedience does. And it looks like us saying, God, I trust you enough to forgive the way you've called me to forgive someone when they've hurt me, when they've let me down, when they've offended me. God, I trust you enough to give my finances in a way that you've asked me to give. I trust you enough to walk in purity in my relationships the way that you've asked me to. God, I trust you enough to serve my spouse and to love them like you've called me to. God, I trust you enough to love others the way you've loved me. And it's my heart for all of us here at Riverway that this wouldn't ever be about knowing stuff, that that would never trump the doing stuff, the living this thing out, taking the next step to becoming more like Jesus, applying it to our lives. And when we do this stuff consistently, it's like building your foundation on a rock that becomes secure. So let me ask you two all-important questions this morning. The first one is this. What are you building your life around and on? And are you applying what you're hearing? And these are right on your notes, something to take and to examine all week, right? What are you building your life around and on? And are you applying what you are hearing? See, one of the most important things that will help you grow your faith, one of the most important things that will help grow your kids' faith your teenager's faith, is to consistently be in an environment where there is good practical teaching from the Bible. We all need it. We all need it. But here's the inconvenient truth, and we've all been in this place before, and it's this, your next villain, that we might not always like what we hear. Isn't that true? We may not always like what we hear because it goes against the way we're living our life and then we're going to have to make a choice. Ah, that stinks, doesn't it? Right, when you put yourself in these environments to hear from God's word, we may not always like what we hear. 
Because we find it's going against, that the teaching of the Bible is going against the way we're currently living our life. And then we have to make a choice. Am I going to do what Jesus is asking me to do and what he set out in Scripture for us to follow? Or am I in many ways going to become my own God and, and do my own thing and live life how I want to live it? Or will I adjust my life to start following him in a deeper way? Now, did you know that when Jesus taught, people didn't always respond with quiet meditation, a loud amen, or a nice golf clap? Great job, Jesus. That was wonderful. Did you know that sometimes when people listened to Jesus, they got angry? They got upset with him? They were angry because he was teaching truth and it rubbed them the wrong way. They didn't want to change their life. They didn't like what he was teaching. I mean, look at this. Luke chapter 4, verse 28 through 30, it says, all the people in the synagogue, how many people? All the people in the synagogue were so happy with Jesus. They were delighted that he came to share. No, 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 what does it say? They were, all of them, were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Not very popular in this town, I guess. Right? The truth of God's word can at times be disturbing and upsetting to our lives. It's why sometimes you mentally argue through a message. Come on, we've all done that, right? Well, he's really talking to other people, and I'm not sure that I agree with that. Well, really through this lens, I'm not really, you know. And all of a sudden, we can do mental gymnastics in a way to try to get us out of this place of having to change our life, right? And sometimes you can even become angry. And so when you get done here at Riverway and you leave a Sunday and you're really ticked off, we're so happy about it. I'm just kidding, we're not. Right, but there's times that it, that it, pushes against us. And we may leave feeling uncomfortable. We may leave at times like God has been stretching us and asking us to do something that we know we should do, but we don't want to do it. And then it really comes down to, will we be obedient? And then when we're obedient, our faith grows and our foundation becomes more secure. I mean, come on, wouldn't that be much better than like yawning when you leave a church service thinking, what was that about? I didn't understand any of that. And I just hope God put an extra gold star next to my name for showing up, right? And having to endure that, much better. And even when we leave because of practical teaching, it's okay. It means that God is working his new life inside of us. This is actually a good thing. It's encouraging. It means he's trying to get away, us away from our old sinful nature to again be living again and dying to ourself and alive to him, death to self, alive to him, death to self, alive to him. I mean, this is a process that will continue until the day we die. We will never arrive here on planet Earth, right? There will never be a time that we can ring the bell and say, hey, I've accomplished it all. I know it all. I've changed everything. This is wonderful. I don't have to work on anything else the rest of my life. No, it's a constant working out of our salvation, of him changing us to become more like him. And that's why it's so important, your last villain. It's so important 
that we must be in an environment on a regular basis where practical teaching moves us to change. We must be in an environment on a regular basis where practical teaching moves us to change. And so my challenge to you is to make a decision for yourself, to make a decision for your kids, to make a decision for your family, to make a decision for your grandkids, that you're going to go to church every Sunday you're able. Right? That you're going to join a small group every time it's available. Because there's so much at stake for us to build our foundation on the truths of Jesus Christ. It's so important that we keep placing ourselves in this position because practical teaching is one way that God will use in a significant way to grow and build your foundation in him. Uh, My daughter, Addie, she's nine years old, going on 16, and she loves anything crafts. I mean, if she could live in a Michael's store, she would, right? I mean, she just live in the Michael's craft store or a Hobby Lobby, she can't. I mean, she loves crafts. And one of, one of her favorite things to do is to go to the pottery place, you know, where you can pick out the pottery and it's just blank. And then, you know, you get all your supplies. And I've taken her a couple of times. And for Christmas, I gave her a certificate. I said, it's me and you. It's date night, girlfriend. And we're going to go out and we're going to do another pottery. And of course, she was screaming and yelling because she loves her pottery and she has tons of pottery. And you can see the ones where she was younger and then it's progressively gotten a little bit better in her painting and all of her skills, right? It's kind of cool to see the progression. But it'd be, I mean, could you imagine if her and I went to the pottery class and we picked out her thing off the shelf and we put it on the table and we went and got the paints and we went and got the paint brushes and we got the cup to dip the water and got everything together and we just sat there and we never touched it. And we said, isn't this pottery going to be beautiful sometime? We just hang out, never lift a brush, never open up the paint. And then we walk out and we say, wasn't that a fabulous time together? Look what we accomplished. Not much of anything. I love this quote by Lane Jones. He said this, unapplied truth is like unapplied paint. It doesn't do anyone any good. The value of paint is in the application. And so it is with that pottery piece, right? The value in us going, the value in the experience, the value in her growth as an artist is in the application of picking up the brush and opening the paint and dipping it in Right? and applying it to the vessel. And the same thing is true of you and I. That we can show up here on Sundays, we can show up to a small group, and we can say, isn't that nice? And wasn't that a nice talk? And isn't that a good verse? And yeah, someone should do something about that. And yeah, someone should do, apply that to their life. But if we don't leave, having applied anything to our own life, there is really no value in it. See, we all need an environment that brings in all the supplies and says, imagine what could be. 
and says, now get building and get painting. Come on, let this, let's apply this to our life. Because if we don't, we're like the man or woman who's built their life on the sand. And the truth is our life doesn't survive the storms. Matthew 7, 27, the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. See, it can seem like things are going fine when you're doing it your own way. And it can for a little while. But sooner or later, storms of life come. We've all been through them. And what you build your life on, what you've built your life on before the storm comes will determine if you last. And that's why I have Jesus, after explaining all of these things in Matthew 7, 24, said, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or woman who builds their house on the rock. And I don't know about you, but 2020 can be a great year if we use this as a filter all year long to say, God, I want my life to change, so I'm going to apply these truths to my life. As we embark on this brand new year, God, we want to make a commitment. And this won't just be a year of hearing. It won't be a year of going through the motions. But it'll be a year of practical application, God. Of inviting you into this space in our lives where you can mold us and shape us to become more like you. We truly want to be the clay in your hands for you to be the potter, for you to change our lives, to make us more like you. It's what we want. And we invite your Holy Spirit to come and even throughout this year to convict us and lead us, even in those moments when it's uncomfortable, even when we know we're brought to a point of decision and we have to make some changes. We thank you that you lead us there out of a place of love and out of a place of grace. But it's in those moments when we choose obedience, God, that you can change our lives and it's what we want. So tomorrow morning as we get up and as we start a new week, may we be ever aware of being obedient to you, of allowing you to change our lives, of trusting in you to build our firm foundation. We thank you that you're with us and you're leading us and you're guiding us. So we put all of our hope and trust in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.